Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, or morning, or afternoon, or night, depending on when you happen to be listening. Uh, I'm Stuart. And I'm Michael. And today we're going to be talking to you about rice wine. Yes, so uh, this is a good drop. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, so um, we are predominantly going to be talking about sake tonight, but there are, in fact, many kinds of rice wine in the world. And, Geeks, uh, bro. <laughs> yeah, Stuart's going to throw a list at you. I, I, wrote, I wrote a big list down because there's quite a lot. Uh, so sake, obviously. We've got uh, Mijiu, Ch- uh, Chinese equivalent of sake. Uh, Huangju, uh, yellow wine made from rice or grain millet. Uh, wheat, barley, sorghum, or uh, Jobs Tears, which is an Adelaide millet, but it just sounds cool. Sorry, Steve Jobs. Uh, Brem, which is a Balinese version. Uh, Choju, Korean. Hariya, Indian. Kulapo, from the Philippines. Lao Lao, from Laos. Uh, Chiang. 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 Tibetan and Sherpan rice wine. Uh, Xiaojing, which is probably the most well-known Chinese rice wine. Uh, Sombai, uh, Cambodian rice wine infused with sugarcane, fruits, and spices, which sounds really nice. I kind of want to try that one. Uh, There's Sonti, which is another Indian rice wine, and Yu, which is from Manipur. Just to name a few. Just just to name a few (laughs) kinds of rice wine, yeah. So... uh... Let's um, jump into uh, sake and start with uh, how it's produced, because uh, the rice wines are generally produced similarly, except that uh, supposedly the production of sake is slightly different. Yeah, it's not like wine. It's probably closer to beer than than wine, given that there's not a lot of sugar in grapes. Yeah. Sorry, not a lot of sugar in rice and uh, grains. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's produced using a, a mixture of rice, malted rice, water, yeast, and the mold Aspergillus orizae, which uh, is known in Japan as koji. koji. Now, uh, during the fermentation process, the starch in the rice is converted to glucose by the koji, and the glucose is fermented by the sake yeast. To produce alcohol. Now, unlike with... Everyone's favorite bacteria. Yeah, everyone's favorite bacteria. Of course, it's a particular strain that they use for for sake. But uh, unlike with other fermented alcoholic beverages like wine or beer, in the production of sake, the glucose conversion and alcohol fermentation occur simultaneously inside a single tank. And uh, that's a process known as multiple parallel fermentation. It's pretty sciencey. It's really cool, though. Yeah. It goes straight from starch to alcohol. Yeah, all over a matter of months of sitting and doing its thing. Mm. And uh, that, that process is accelerated once the bottle is opened. So once you open it, it actually starts getting stronger and the flavors become richer. Hey. So the fantastic bottle of sake that you've brought us tonight is going to taste even better 
in a few months. Yeah, the, I, I believe there is a point of declining returns on that, where the yep. flavor grows too much and it's mm. overpowering. But um, that that is basically the process for all sake, with the exception of one type of sake, which is uh, honjozu sake, where um, an extra alcohol, but never more than 10% of the waste of the sake rice that was used, is added to the sake after the yeast has completely been, has completely fermented the sugar. Mm. And that is thought to improve the longevity of the drink and uh, make certain aroma and flavor flavor properties more vibrant. Interesting. That's yeah, that's different. Yeah, so basically they they add more pure alcohol, but it's pure alcohol that is also from rice. It's they're basically they, adding pure sake to sake. Is it did you say it was distilled? Distilled uh, rice alcohol. Uh, yes. So, the Dragon Boat Festival, it has traditionally used, or people have traditionally drunk a wine called Rialga wine, which is a, a red rock, a red mineral that is actually arsenic sulfide. So people have been mixing arsenic in in their wine for this festival because they believed it was a uh, a re- repellent for evil spirits and poison. Hmm, whereas it was in fact itself a poison. poison. A significantly strong poison. Yeah, though in, I suppose in, in strong, uh, in, in small amounts, but in strong alcohol the effects are reduced, are they not? Yeah, I couldn't find why that was the case. But the stronger the alcohol, the less arsenic was in there. But it was still nearly a thousand times more than the legal allowed limit of arsenic in any drink, in any commercially available drink. Which really should be zero, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. The, the legally allowed amount of arsenic should be zero. But you can't prove zero. No, it's hard to prove. It'd be like 0.0001. Yeah parts per million or something. Yes, which is uh, yeah, pretty crazy that, uh, that that happened. Close enough to zero. Indeed. So let's... Um, shall we talk about what we're actually drinking at the moment? Yeah, because it's quite nice. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're drinking the uh, Kiku Masumune Honjozo Sake. So th- this is the type of sake that I mentioned earlier that has extra alcohol added oh. after it's been fermented. Oh, how interesting. And uh, so there's actually a great story to the uh, Kiku Masumune Honjozo Sake. It's a, it's a dry sake. It it is. It's uh, Kiku Masumune only make dry sakes, in fact. And um, it is a very clean, crisp sort of taste that hmm. um, I, I I find very uh, very enjoyable to to drink. And you can have it room temperature. You can have it slightly warmed. You could probably even drink it chilled. Yeah, it's um, and the the temperature you serve sake at does change the flavor. Mm, so, like everything. Yeah, so you have to choose what you want it to taste like before you do it. Mm. Now uh, the uh, the Kiku Masamune sake 
Brewery was actually founded in 1659. Back, That's quite old. yeah, back when Japan and was still going. Mm, when, when they were ruled by the uh, fourth Tokugawa shogun, and uh, originally it was actually a small brewery built by the Kano family in their home. Nice. Yeah, and uh, they used um, you know, the traditional uh, method of. Um, of brewing sake, and uh, supposedly they they still use that method to this day. Whereas uh, a lot of main um, manufacturers of large quantities of sake use uh, a more recent method that uh, takes half as long, mm. but supposedly doesn't give the same rich flavors as using that traditional method. Twice as fast, half the flavor. Yeah. Makes sense. Right, so the uh, the traditional method, which is called the Kimoto method, was um, made uh, through using a, a different methodology and a different yeast in producing the rice mash that they begin with. Right. So, um, basically, the it was made by mixing the rice and the koji and water into a puree. And uh, that helps the yeast reproduce faster. Hmm. Now, that that was the only method there was at the time. So, of course, everybody did it that way. But now, what do they use instead of mashing the yeast and stuff together? No, well, they they still mash it together, but not not quite into a a puree anymore. Now, they uh, they use a, a pole that they ram it with to mm. to mix it up oh, that, that, that way. Uh, basically... I thought there was some big fancy difference, like they put it through a machine or something to speed up the process. Oh, well, it was, um, it was the early 1900s that the new methodology came in, so they're, they're, hey. potentially there is a machine that does There's it now. There's a ramming machine. <laughs> there could be a machine now, but the, uh, the, the Yamahai Shikomi method which is the newer method that is faster. Yeah, it takes um, the rice and koji and crushes it mm. together instead of... Blend, blitzing it together, bl- blending, blending it. it into a puree, which, of course, you could understand that you know, back in the 1600s would have taken a very long time yeah. to mix that together by hand. Yeah. Well, they'd have machines that can puree stuff now mm, they they would but i suppose because of the uh because of the yeast that they use in that process as well it has to take longer yeah like the the mash itself has to take longer to produce that kind of makes sense yeah so the the process makes it take four weeks instead of two weeks no mm. backwards yes no yeah. the, the original process helps four makes weeks. it take four weeks yep. instead of the new two mm. but I think it's worth it. I, I drank a lot of sake while I was in Japan. And so you've had enough to be able to tell the difference between the two? Uh, I I think... Because I haven't had enough sake to be able to tell the difference between one and the other. I'd, I'd like to think so, because th- this one that we're drinking now was made with the Kimoto method. Yep. Yeah, It's and it's quite a nice drink, but... I I'm I'm just saying that I yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you 
what the difference is between this one and the last one I had. No, well, it's so, been too long. And supposedly in blind taste testings, even experts are only about 80% accurate. <laughs> but that's still better than guessing. Yes. Which means I, I'd be guessing. Yeah, it would say that there is, like, it, it suggests that there is a definite noticeable difference between the two methods. Mm. It's just that I, I would guess that depending on the quality of the sake, it's harder or easier to identify. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, the the way the Chinese make rice wine is quite differently. They get a a, a cake made of uh, grain flour, and it go, they let it go moldy, or they mix it with uh, mold and bacteria and yeast, and then they put then they mix it that with the uh, the mash, the water, the uh, the other good stuff, the botanicals, you name it. Right, and uh, they let that ferment. Yeah. So they start with a, a small cake, a medium cake, or a, a red cake, which is interesting. They use a, a like a red yeast Ooh, to, okay. to create their, their red wi- rice wine. So ho- hopefully they're not using any yellow cake when, when they're making <laughs> the their <toilet> wine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure where that reference was going. No, uh, uranium, my friend, uranium. Oh! <laughs> it was a uranium reference. No, I, I totally missed that one. I didn't know uranium was yellow. There you y- go. Yellow cake uranium. It's it's a thing. Fair enough. Google it. <laughs> I will, yeah. after the show. After the show. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's pretty much the the gist of it. How you how you make your rice wines? Yeah, so let's um, let's talk about our our odd drop, which oh, uh, it's so good. Which t- it's tonight a, is it's a pun worthy of us. And it's actually it's also our top drop tonight because in in much the same way of uh, porn star vodka, it's <laughs> it's a funny name for a really premium product. Yeah, I we're trying to work out whether they deliberately made it punny or whether it was something that was lost in translation yeah so this um this particular sake actually originates in hong kong where it was uh made by um a a group of four friends who wanted to make sake something that people drink at the club like whiskey or vodka so they wanted to make a premium sake where you don't have to wonder how good it is you can tell just by looking at the bottle. Just, just well, you can, and it, it is classified as a uh, a Junmai Dai Gonjo, which is the highest quality of premium, top top notch stuff that that exists. And um, yeah, it's it's called Four Fox Sake. <laughs> now we'll, we'll leave it to you, dear listeners, to decipher that pun. Yeah, so I'm I'm not sure what <laughs> Four Fox Sake is in uh, in Cantonese. It, no. it may not be a pun in Cantonese. It's probably not. Cause, uh, I have no idea. The, or even Japanese. It yeah, probably isn't a pun well, either. The, the, the Japanese, I, mean, I, I get the use of the foxes because the Japanese god of wine and foxes 
and it, same same sword, guy and swordcraft isn't it yeah yeah wine foxes and, and swordcraft <laughs> so that ties together the fox ties together with the wine because it's the same mm. god they, they have a they really nice it. web page too and the bottle looks gorgeous yeah now but because this comes from hong kong though and it's relatively new it's very hard to get outside of Hong Kong. We were able to find one place in New Zealand that sells it, one place in, in Australia Melbourne. that sells it in, in Melbourne. And um, there's a huge list of places in Hong Kong that sell it. Funny. Which is to be expected, because that's, that's what they want. I suppose you start at home, yeah. and then you start spreading your wings a bit. I that This drink has added itself to our... Bucket list. Yes, it, it's definitely right up there on our we want to and try this list. Our drop list. Yeah, so if, if you encounter it, if you're in Hong Kong. Or Melbourne. Or Melbourne. And uh, you've tried it or you feel like posting some to us, email uh, us. And if you say you want to post us some, we will give you a postal address to send it to yeah. us. It'll be... Yeah, we're really looking... Yeah, looking forward to trying this one. Yeah, it, it sounds absolutely stunning. Mm. Uh, it, it even uh, won the Best Sip Award at uh, in 2016. We, we didn't know there was a Best Sip Award until we encountered Four Fox Sake. <laughs> that name. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that's, that's up there with Flicker Bean and uh, Unicorn Tears. It, 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 I think... Uh, Four Fox Sake, it's it's better. I think it's better. It's clever. It's clever. Yeah, true. And there's there's a story, and it could be an unintentional pun, and those are some of the best kind. Very, very true. So it's one out over Unicorn Tears and and Flicker Bean. Well, it it has in in my mind, it has. And what well, what was the what was our our beer? It was Sheep Shaggers Gold. Sheep Shaggers Gold. That's that's still that's still a great name. <laughs> The Sheep Shaggers Gold is still a great I, name. Yeah. Sheep sh- I'm just surprised somebody named a beer like that. Yeah. And that, that it came go. from Scotland. Yeah. Maybe they, they're taking the piss out of themselves like good Aussies. Yeah. Yes, well, un- undoubtedly. Maybe. So, Mickle. What? How many bottle caps would you rate this sake? Well, since th- this is easily the best sake I've ever tried, so I'm, I'm going to rate it a nine bottle caps to, to leave myself that one bottle cap space for when I try the Four Fox sake. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's been... You've, we've built it up so much that it's not going to taste as good as we hope. Well, if, if that's the case, I imagine I'll drink it and I'll go, Four Fox sake. <laughs> Yeah, I this is this is quite a nice drink. So I would also I would probably rate it eight and a half out of ten because it's it's not very sweet. It's an acquired taste like wine, like grape wine. And for someone who's never had it before they might find it find it has quite a weird flavour. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's unique. I think rice wines are very unique in their flavor in general, and mm. sakes they have a sweetness to them, but they're not sweet. Yeah, and I 
be for someone who's never had it before, they might be they they might hate it. Well, they, it's like the difference yeah. between soy milk and regular milk. They it looks like milk, but it doesn't taste like milk. Yes, with with the exception, of course, that in that instance, one of them is inferior. <laughs> but that's that's not the case with grape wine and rice wine. No, because sake is not inferior to right to grape wine. Yes, pe- people will have their preferences. Everybody's mm. always got their preferences. <laughs> I, I would say that soy milk's not inferior to to regular milk. No, for for certain purposes it is. You ask a barista, and they <laughs> they will tell you that there, there is go. nothing worse for making a cappuccino than soy. And Aussie, Aussie baristas, uh, next level coffee makers. So I hear some of the best in the world, apparently. Yes, uh, apparently, because we, we do love our coffee over here. Mm. But you'll have to come to Australia to try it. Yes. Or hire an Aussie overseas. I recommend doing that too, because they're probably backpackers and looking for a job. Yeah, looking for a job, yeah. <laughs> and if they're looking for a job as a barista, they probably worked as one in Australia. Mm. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So, what's next, Mickle? Well, up next. Uh, so, we're talking up next on this episode, or up next in the grand scheme of things? Uh, up next in this episode. Talk a little. Maybe we should talk a little bit about the history of sake, and how no one really knows what the origin of rice wine is. Yes, because sake is very old and it's been around mm. for i think about a thousand years or so oh e- easily more than that the the chinese have been brewing beer for uh 8000 years so they probably have been fermenting wine for nearly nearly as long as that yeah easily and if if you're using anything that's lying around and mm. accidentally making it into something it's inevitable that that would have happened with rice as well. Yeah. Uh, well, they, the Chinese were brewing grapes back in the 6th and 5th century BC. So, sorry, millennia BC. A little bit further than centuries. Yeah. Uh, and it makes sense that uh, toward, like, as time progresses, they'd have excess rice stock and someone smart would wonder, hey, since we can make wine out of grapes, could we not make, or, yeah, since we can make wine out of grapes and beer out of grain, can we make wine out of grain? A wine out of this excess rice and millet we have lying around. And so, one thing leads to another and rice wine was born. Yeah, and uh, when you look at like the all the major countries that that produce it, there's tales going way back of families that have made it for as long as their family's history records. Yeah, which is thousands of years in the case of these Asian countries. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely. incredible. Absolutely, I mean the um, Kiku Masamune, which you know is. Uh, Made by um, the uh, Kano family, actually, um, supposedly have been making it for 
as long as they've had that family name and they were given that family name by the emperor because of a sake that he drank of theirs. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Which means, of course, that they had been making sake long before that. Yeah, because they... If the emperor was drinking their sake, they had to be no, had to have known what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't just accidentally make a sake and go, I'm going to give this to the emperor. Yeah. That's, that's not going to go well. Well, you might try, but I think people would not let you. Yes, probably not, because we, we're talking a <laughs> long, 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 long time ago. Mm. But yes, they, they can't... Like so many of these things, though, they can't lock down an exact date that it came from. No, it's so old and such a huge area that makes it that no one, everyone wants to take credit for it, but no one can prove it. Yeah, well, and I suppose unlike Europe, where there's countries that are just going to pipe up and say, yeah, it was us, we we invented that. Mm. In, In Asia, no one's going to do that. And I suppose in part because all the countries that make rice wine have at some point or other conquered each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I suppose if you go to another person's country and claim their resources, you're going to claim their uh, alcohol drink ma- alcoholic drink-making skills and knowledge. And so it moves around and... Yeah, and then there's the question of, well, yeah, we have this, but where did it come from? Hmm. Did did we invent it or did we take it from somewhere else? Yeah. Very interesting. So, I haven't got anything else. And, uh, no, neither have I. So let's uh, let's set you up for a, with a quick teaser of our next episode, which will be sparkling white wine. More colloquially known as champagne. Mm. But... Only... Only from only sparkling white from the Champagne region of France. Yes, yes, indeed. It's a, one of those region-specific drinks yep. that will get you in a lot of trouble if you say you're drinking champagne when the bottle you have in your hand is Yellow Glen. Yes, indeed. It's it's not a champagne. It's a sparkling white wine or bubbly. And yes, and certainly we 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 mentioned it briefly in our last episode. We're mentioning it briefly now because it's in the next episode. And uh, there's there's a lot to to cover in production on that because production of sparkling whites is a bit different to how you make your standard white. Mm. As you'd expect, there's CO two involved, carbon dioxide. But we'll leave that there, and we hope you enjoy your New Year's. Enjoy or enjoyed? Enjoyed, yes. So uh, until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Oh wait, no, no. We are a good drop. We are you can a good send, drop. You can send us a, a email, a good drop podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us wherever you love to get your podcasts from. And yeah, you can shout in the streets about how good we are, share our links. Uh, you can shout us a drink for a shout out if you like. If you like, yeah, and uh, and keep your eyes tuned for the the poll on our Facebook page for what type of wine we're going to be making. Yes, indeed, and uh, of course, always be sure to tune in next time. So until then, cheers.
Cheers. Cheers.